last ones because they like stood the test of COVID, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's it's very sweet. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Who's you're, that voice we hear? Oh, you're hearing the voice of our guest today on Sessions of Mary Jane. Which is with Brendan O'Brien, and Jordan Fried, and Rita Ezra. Yes, I never do it right. And our guest, Hello, everyone. Our guest of honor is the one and only Dean Mahoney. Thank you for coming on, Dean. Dean, love the suspenders. Why? Thank People, you. People, uh, you can't see it, Brendan but I'm a trendsetter. I'll say he got me into these bad boys. Oh and wow! Just stuck with it. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I've ever seen Brendan wearing suspenders. What? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I, have have you lost now. the ways of our old gods? No, 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 no. I'm awaiting it because I have like 32 pairs upstairs in my laundry <laughs> basket that are waiting to be worn. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, so. I mean, you gotta start. I know, you know, I, I, I do miss it because that was definitely an identifier of, of me. I, I wore for a very short time. I had a lime green one and a red one. Yeah. Nice. You know, I just, I, I will say they are appealing. They are, and there are ranges of quality of them because there yes, are some sure. that don't work that well and they will snap on oh, your asshole. So awful. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. But those are a very nice pair. I'm very proud that you're well, still wearing them, so... Yeah. Well, do you think it's also because jeans have evolved and it's different? Nobody would snap suspenders on skinny jeans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the no, material's like, different. I think that, like, now, like, the high waist thing is coming back. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. just like, all right, we can wear suspenders again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it makes you feel hard working, too. It's like... It does, it's like, you could have done jack shit all day, but you put those thumbs on the suspenders and you're like, I'm a hard-working person. <laughs> yes, I am. Honestly, it's my favorite thing to wear when, like, you know, a fancy occasion comes mm-hmm. around. They're just perfect. They're yeah. so classy. Is that what you are known for? For like when people recognize you from your band, or see, or like if that's is that your you're always the dude who wears suspenders? Like, do you always wear them? Like every day you wear them? Like how every, much do you wear them? Every festival show for sure. Uh, so that is your that's a, your festival style. That is yeah, your yeah. signature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, you know, it's honestly like the festival thing just to get through it. So I ended up at one point. Uh, so we started like playing music at this festival called Friendly Gathering that no longer exists. It was sponsored by Burton for a bit. Where was that? Uh, what was it? Like Sugar Mountain, Vermont or something like that? Oh, like it was uh, oh. just on a mountain in Vermont at a ski slope, you know, but it was summer, wow. so mm-hmm. a lot of ski slopes do festivals, yes. you know, because there's so much space. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so and what's the band name? Upstate. Upstate. Yeah. You know. I like that. Wow, one word. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> upstate. We used to be okay. known as Upstate Rubdown. Yeah, it took, us, <laughs> it took us a full year and a half to decide on just cutting off a leg. What was about the rubdown that rubbed you the wrong way? It wasn't me. You know, we, you know uh, the ladies in the band got some creeps. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, oh. we were like, all right, well, we'll uh, stitch the rubdown, and that'll be better. Yeah, now, now you only have the creeps who get turned on by the word upstate. They're like, upstate, oh, yeah, <laughs> let me touch that bullet. <laughs> and how many uh, members are in the band? Oh, uh, so, uh, you know, we've had a lot of members over the years. Um, you know, it's been... Wait, how, how long? Uh, uh, professionally, five years. The band nearing ten. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's freaking awesome. Yeah, you know Damn. it's it's been a so you know these guys a long time. You yeah. know you played with them before you started the band, obviously. Uh, so met. the way I got into the band is actually a fun story. So I got to call. Sorry, them. I cut you off too with oh. how many were in it. Oh, how many? Uh, at one point seven, L-10? now four. So we got okay. Yeah. Continue. Yes, the but, origin story. So uh, you know when I was uh, in college, I'd just gotten there. It was like my second or third day, and I was so amazed because like you know in Greenwood Lake we didn't have a whole lot of musicians playing around mm-hmm. then I went to the quad and saw just like 
15 or 20 different little pockets of people playing music mm-hmm. in New Paltz. And I was like, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. I have to play. So, you know, I would go outside every day and I would play this, like, djembe that I had, you know. Uh, or, you know, I had actually bought a cajon from a guy for 60 bucks on a whim. So I was like, oh, wow. what's that weird box you're sitting on? He's like, it's called wow. a cajon. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And stupid is as stupid does. Um, You know, so I, you know, was just, you know, heading. Oh, I'm sorry. Just losing my track here. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) how could you sessions? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, at the same time, the dining hall was like, I was in the oldest dorm on campus in the smallest room on campus. And the dining hall was literally at the exact opposite end of campus. So. You know, it would be, like, a really annoying walk, and, you know, I ended up, instead of gaining the freshman 15, I lost, like, 10 pounds, because it was so far, Mm. and there was so much music going on. Mm. So finally, one day, I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to eat lunch, it's been two weeks, I should go to the dining hall, I should (laughs) eat food, it's good for me. So, you know, I go outside, I don't have a drum on me, and I end up hearing the best music I've heard all week, and I'm like, this is cool, let me go over and check it out. And it was this bunch of people that had, like, a hookah, like, in the center, and they were just, like, known as the Traveling Hookah Gypsy Band. And, like, which is not politically oh correct, but, you know, they um, they ended up just, like, playing all the time, everywhere. And I heard them, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to get in on this. I don't have my drum. And then I pulled an Altoids case out of my pocket, and I played it for three hours. Oh, my God! Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the uh, mandolin player who had has left the band, Ryan, was, like, at the jam, and the cello player we had for a minute, too. And he was like, hey, man, like, I'm auditioning for this band, like, Upstate Rubdown. You should come, too. It'll be a really good idea. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, let's, sure, give me a call whenever. So, you know, I worked at the Renaissance Fair. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten off of the Labor Day weekend, which was, like, three eight-hour shifts of, like, harsh manual labor. <laughs> um, and I get back to my dorm. I'm exhausted. And I get a phone call up from, uh, from Ryan. He's like, hey, man, like, you know, we're rehearsing. And, you know, I'd love it if you could come by and, you know, just kind of, you know, give it a shot. And I just straight up said no. <laughs> I said no. I was like, no, I'm tired. Like, some other day. And he's like, no, man, but could you please, like, come up? It'd be really helpful to have a drummer in here. I was like, all right, fine, sure. I'll show up for, like, 30 minutes. So... I go up to the practice rooms where all the musicians used to, you know, be able to practice. And, you know, I walk in and it looks like everyone is half dead. Like, it, it, like one of the singers has been crying. Oh, my like, God. Like, one of them just looks exhausted. My bass player, Harry, who's, you know, now my best friend, like, he was just like, he just looks so tired. He just looked like oh, a wow. tired, tired man for the age of 21. Oh. And, uh, you know, then there was a very, you know, scared-looking mandolin player and a very nervous-looking cellist. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what's up? And, you know, my bass player doesn't even, like, introduce anyone or anything. He's like, hey, I'm Harry. This is the song. Count it in this fast and just try and play it. And I was like, all right, cool. Give it a oh, shot. Wow. You know, and then I counted it in. And it was like there was lightning in a bottle. And oh all of a God. sudden, you know, everyone just lit up and we had something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward, like, God, nine years. Like, eight years, nine years? And here we are, you know? Wow, damn. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing that it's just like, oh, wow. Just like, literally. It's well, pretty cool, right? Well, it sparks like that. <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah. It hits off like that. We'll see if you get lightning in a bottle because you have a challenge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God, yes. I was getting carried away. I forgot about the challenge. I know. No, I was looked up in the, 
in the po- the visual poetics of that story. So I almost I almost <laughs> that was very well. sweet. Those are, yes. Do you I, know the challenge? I think so, yeah. I, I, I do know, know the, the challenge, challenge as I usual. Was told the challenge. Why no? You were not told the challenge. Told I wasn't told the challenge. <laughs> you told that there was a challenge. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah, if you were told the challenge, we'll have to kill you. <laughs> I knew it. We'll just have to change, we'll after, have to change the challenge. After yeah. we get a recording of a podcast episode, with you. Right. we still need this this up. Well, you have to redo it. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So how do you feel about the pre-challenge feelings, Dean? I'm nervous, but confident. All right, well, you should be, because both of those things. Um, uh, Your challenge is to see how many types of coffee beverages you can name coffee drinks yeah uh, and as we will hear later on dean is not only a talented musician but he is also among other things a coffee man was that an accurate term <laughs> barista is a brewer of the coffee beans roaster barista you know whole thing yeah so yeah that's your challenge so right. yeah so do you and literally you, whenever you think of one in the middle of someone talking you interrupt them and you shut it down <laughs> and go right down so and it's just as many as you know you can fill in the episode all right do I start? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. <laughs> uh, you that? Go. Latte, cappuccino, cortado, come on, what is it, what is it, um, call it a double shot. Um, what is it? Double shot of espresso, oh. uh, flat white, um, cubano, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, there's too many of these things. I hate these things. Dude, you're the first person to go for speed like this. I have to tell you, like, you were like, so great. Like, what the people are like, they're like, they're, like, they're, like, they're like, I'm gonna be so good at this challenge. And then they do two, and then they're like, and then they, like, 30 minutes later, they come back. Yeah, yeah. And Dean's like, no, I like your strategy, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know if there's a time limit. I don't know <laughs> a lot obviously you have uh, intellect in this department so what what is the if you would please say which I also love the name uh, the company name yeah, we're, uh, we're Mercurial Coffee Co you know Mercurial Coffee Company you, you can find us we got the Insta yeah, and like the system you have for like kind of like custom picking your own flavors and like the style you want is like very cool too because like a lot of times you go into coffee places and you just get whatever is there because you're like oh I just need a Starbucks bag and so you grab the first one yeah. there but it's cool you like are having like a custom made coffee basically for yourself yeah I mean that was part of the business plan to start because like you know there's like three waves of coffee there's the first wave which is you know literally just Folgers like comes in a can serve it to everybody do the thing um, which, out of all of those, like, types of coffee, you want Postello. Mm. It's the best, like, you know, major brand coffee that you can get. Okay. Um, but then came second wave coffee, Starbucks, which is all about taking the coffee and making it taste like something else. Mm. It's like, how do you infuse this much caffeine into this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the whole Starbucks model. And mm-hmm. third wave coffee came around with Blue Bottle. I forget the guy's name. But basically, it's a... Style of, you know, just like brewing and roasting coffee that focuses on getting all the flavors you can get out of a single origin of a bean. Mm. So, you know, let's say that you've got, um, you know, a Guatemalan bean. That's generally going to have a much lighter body uh, and much fruitier flavors than something that's from, like, Sumatra. 
you know, like Sumatran beans are known as like super dense, super heavy, you know, mm. same from most of Southeast Asia. Mm. Um, you know, and then you've got my favorite beans are from Costa Rica because they're just super highly caffeinated for no yes. real reason. Yeah, yeah, but the, the taste of your coffee though is really because, like, I, I think everybody in this room has you've had shit coffee, like, you've had people have bad, you have bad coffee in the past, like, you know, if I don't know if you're a person who's never had bad coffee, I don't think you've had enough coffee, right? right. I don't true. think you've tried enough different coffee, but you're, you're, I love it. And you're going to like something, like whether you like the first wave, yes. whether you like the second wave, whether you like the craft coffee nice. thing that's like, you know, super hoity-toity. But, you know, like, <laughs> so there's a new wave of coffee that's coming around. Yeah. It's fourth wave, and it's people exploring crazy things. Um, so coffee is mainly two uh, species. It's, and I think it's species, not the other. Okay, yeah. So it's uh, Robusto which you never want to drink. Don't drink Robusto. They grow it for yield. They grow it so that, you know, they can make it for folders. They can make it for Maxwell House, all that stuff. Ah. Um, and the other is Arabica, which is what all craft coffee is made from. So, you know, generally third wave coffee is focused on roasting Arabica species beans um, that have different variations and uh, extracting the best flavors you can get out of that bean. So the fourth wave to me is bigger things it's exploring well what can coffee actually be you know i actually went to this cafe in i, I was on tour it was like san francisco and they did a deconstructed latte deconstructed latte <laughs> thank you for speaking directly to our pa who is listening and is always keeping score again so we appreciate you i want my tally at the end yeah, yeah you got it you got it <laughs> yeah uh, what was I talking about? Uh, so is that just a glass of milk next to All right, so it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, in essence, yeah. Like, and <laughs> for the record, I thought it was absolutely insane until I actually did it. Um, so you have the espresso, right? Yeah. And it tastes like this really, like, tart, lemony, fruity espresso. Not bad, but, like, very acidic and very, you know, kind of, like, you know, the, the good parts of a lemon, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you drink this milk, and they used a non-pasteurized uh, milk. So you drink that, and it tastes like buttery, and it tastes like kind of just a little sweeter than normal milk, right? And then you have the latte that they made with both of those things. And the flavor tastes like blueberry pie. Hmm. It's Whoa. the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced, but it taught me so much about coffee. Because hmm. basically by adding something to coffee you aren't destroying what it is. You're actually adding to the flavor. It's an additive process. Like, mm -hmm. for example, um, what do you do when you cook eggs in the morning? What do you add to the pan? Two basic ingredients. Butter. That, butter and? Oil. Well, that's well, one of the other. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other, if you're feeling really risky, both. Is it Are eggs? you spices? Are you talking about spices? Yeah, uh, like salt. Paprika, uh -oh. salt, pepper? Oh. Just salt. You know, like, imagine, oh. imagine making eggs without oil and without salt. Yes. You know, so coffee, it's the same thing. You add a fat and mm -hmm. you add a seasoning. You know, so when you add sugar to a coffee, what you do is you bring out fruit flavors. Because the way your tongue works, mm -hmm. you can't taste fruit without sugar. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a pineapple without sugar? No, but they all have natural sugars, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of identify flavors, and then you add a touch of sugar, and all of a sudden there's this world of fruit you never expected yeah, from a single orange of coffee. Yeah. And same thing when you add milk. What you do is um, you bring out more flavors that fit the kind of dessert profile, like, you know, chocolate or, like, caramel, toffee. So adding a fat increases what that thing does. Mm. So when you add fat and sugar, you can actually get it so that certain things taste like fruit. Huh. Like, I had a... There was this iced coffee that I had at one point, and I was, a, back in uh, Greenwood Lake Roasters, where I used to work, I was a crazy, like, like, barista bartender, where, like, you know, 
I would see, like, you know, he had this new coffee and it tasted like cherries. And I was like, let me mix that with Sprite. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's like drinking a Shirley Temple with, like, an extra kind of kick to it. Oh. You know, and then there's, like, you know, the espresso tonic. Espresso tonic. Um, <laughs> which, like, is just espresso poured delicately on top of a shot, like, tonic with a lime slice in it it's so good yeah. it's like one of the wow. best summer really, drinks you're making my mouth water like I really want to try, <laughs> yeah. I want to try this stuff wow yeah. what you like you're are an inventor you're yeah. experimenting with a lot of cool I think shit I a lot of this fourth wave stuff Holy well it's smoke. like no one's really talking about it because no one knows what it is yet like yeah. people kind of identify movements after they're done but like yeah. what's happening now is people aren't even doing Arabica or Robusto anymore there's cafes that are finding new varietals of coffee because there's over 8,000 and we That's use crazy. two of them. That's crazy. You know, so they're finding new coffee beans and new varietals that grow in different yeah. places that we've never tried. Yeah. And most of them are terrible. But, like, <laughs> once in a while, you get a really cool one. You know, I mean... Um, Have you ever seen a barista competition? Oh, yeah. I would not do well. <laughs> My drinks taste great. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, that's the, also, like, a source where I found out what people were doing, like, experimenting with coffee. Mm-hmm. Where, like, it was literally this simple. This was definitely the beginning of the pandemic, but I was, like, watching something. This was just on cable TV. I don't even remember. But, like, a dude would just put raspberry jam at this, the base before he, like, added all the other coffee elements. And it was, like... I was like, of course. I was like, raspberry jam. I was just getting so excited. I was just like, how, how good? How is there fun? I don't know. Just like, I was like, what about a PB&J coffee? I was like, yeah, you can do that. But like, that's the thing. Like, you know, in the second wave of coffee, which is still going on, like none of the waves are really over. Mm-hmm. It's just where the coffee comes from. Right. You know, right. so like the second wave coffee enthusiast is, you know, becoming a barista and adding really cool ingredients, you know, like the espresso tonic is second wave coffee. You're not amplifying the coffee. You're mm-hmm. covering it with tonic. Mm-hmm. giving the tonic something mm-hmm. you know a barista functions differently than a bartender because a bartender mixes lots of different ingredients to make a new thing mm-hmm. a barista is trying to get the best out of the thing that they have yeah, you know yeah, and using things like, to amplify yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah is there anything that anyone's ever put in their coffee that either like grossed you out or just like baffled you beyond belief that you like you couldn't rationalize because like, it's not like you're pretty good at rationalizing people like adding things to their coffee but, like, is there anyone who like you just like, couldn't get behind uh one person asked me for salt <laughs> oh, okay. Literally yeah. salt. And the reason being, I learned this later from the guy that I learned all this stuff from. Um, you know, salt is actually used in diner coffee to get rid of the caffeic acid. So mm. to stop it from tasting bitter, they literally add just like a couple spoonfuls of salt wow. to like the coffee. <laughs> it's wild. And you can't taste it wow. because everything's so bitter and mm, the way yeah, the flavor yeah, science right. works, you can just cancel them out. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Wow. Really weird. I tried to do that with Yum. a cup of coffee and sea moss powder one time, but then it was oh, way man. too so- salty. <laughs> way too salty. The oh. gel was good because the gel wasn't too salty, but yeah, the powder was incredible. Jordan's salty. like torturing himself, like forcing himself to finish. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's not like you're picking the fucking ocean. What are you doing? It's okay. No one's making me do this. It's like, the don't- newest way. <laughs> So, so when I go to Vermont, coffee. they have CBD coffee up there. I mean, New York of just legalized it. So, yeah. like, you know, they have, uh, I've been drinking it for years. It gives you this awesome kind of like, you know, chiller, like kind of buzz yeah. with all the kind of alertness that yeah. you want. You know? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's a nice combo. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on everyone doing, well, it's not like a trend. It's a new wave, but they're not using whole milk. 
We're not using actual milk where people it's add great. like oat milk and people add almond milk and do which did you know by the way oatly has so much sugar in it. Yeah. Do not drink it oatly. Like it. Yeah, that's not the thing that you sent me over uh Twitter or whatever because they're like has as like as much sugar as what Coca Cola has. No, I don't think it's that much. That it's that was a comparison. You could I'll show you the tweet It's a shit ton of sugar. It's really it's really I do Pea milk, everyone. I, there's so many times I say pea milk on the podcast. P-E-A milk. Pea milk. It's really good. Really how you get your protein. All right. Anyway. I'm the spokesperson for flax milk here. And I'm saying you should go for flax milk and put pea milk out of business. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. No, game, I like, I like chalky pea milk. Sorry. It's yummy. It's yummy. No, we can do that. We can go. Let's go. It's war. Let's do this. It's milk wars. I'm here for this. Yeah. Milk. There's a lot of, we know a lot of different kinds of milk. Um, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's real bad. You should have a drink that's called the chicken's best friend, and it's just flax milk. <laughs> 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 I might take that. <laughs> wow. So, do you, I'm sorry. You have a store location? No. Or so you just are online. What's really cool is that uh, so we started our business in the middle of the pandemic, where I just sunk my life savings into a tiny coffee roaster that roasts one single pound at a time. So, <laughs> you know, the I would have to work to make like four hundred dollars a week. Oh no, less than that because all the other stuff. I to make around three hundred fifty dollars a week. I'd have to work like five ten hour days in a row, Oof, like geez. just to get that going between me and my partner between the business expenses. So I was like, all right, this is a lot, and you go nose blind after around, like, six or seven hours, so you can't mm. smell the coffee as you're roasting it. Mm. So you have no idea what's happening, you know? So, you know, we couldn't do that. So we were like, all right, well, what do we do? And uh, I had been researching, like, trailers to, like, put, like, our whole operation in because, like, also finding space to operate a business is insane. Mm. Like, we actually operate out of the Falcon up in Rollboro, New York. It's a venue. It's really cool if you haven't been. Like, mm. definitely go to the Falcon. I always wanted to check Ooh, that out. It is so rad. Like, that looks yeah. sick. <laughs> he brings in world class talent. Like I, so I went to Cuba on a trip at one point with uh, my bass player, and we actually like saw a band. And they're like, "Oh, do you know Newberg?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, we're, we're playing in Newberg, uh, Falcon." Yeah, they didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish. But, like, oh, you know, wow, we were communicating, so and like. It was wild because they're like, you're playing the Fal Tony Falco? They're like, yeah, he booked the gig. And oh, I'm like, no. oh, my God, small world. Like, oh, you know, so the Falcon is killer. I saw Corey Henry there live, like, with the solo project. I mean, I think I wept tears of joy for a solid five minutes during one of his organ pieces. But it was cool, oh, you know. Oh, my God. But, uh, no, so we operate out of the Falcon, and it's really rad. Um, and we've been so blessed to have that space because we couldn't operate legally otherwise. We'd still sell you coffee. But you know, <laughs> now it's legal. It's legal now. Hurry <laughs> here first. That's but, legal. but now it's we thought about what we would have to do to make a living out of it. Yeah. And you know, we needed a space, we found the space, but then we we're like, Well, how do we serve drinks? We fought at the Falcon and then we we're like, Well, he's not like into the idea and like, you know, having an espresso machine going off in the middle of a really like quiet moment would kinda suck. Yeah. So I found a cart. Um, I found this company in L.A. that makes, uh, like, carts for a bunch of different businesses and events and whatnot, like, you know, little barbecue carts, mm -hmm. little, you know, everything. And I started talking to Harry, and I was like, well, you know, what if we could make a coffee cart with a real espresso machine? Because, like, when you go to a coffee cart that doesn't run the way that we run, I don't even know how many there are, if there are any, but, like, 
you know, I slap that thing into the back of my Honda Element and I roll out. Like, you know, it's, it's really not tough. But, mm. you know, it's really hard to operate a car because it's super loud and it's, you know, super unwieldy and generally they don't stand alone. But mm. through a lot of, like, research and a lot of, like, really just drawing out system diagrams and, and things, I found a way to run it entirely electric. So it's a totally electric car and it doesn't use gasoline. I can operate it indoors, outdoors, anywhere. And, um... I forgot what I was going to say. Damn, that's not so impressive. That's sweet. Damn. I was going to say something. <laughs> um, it's their team. Mary Jane just sneaks up, you know. She's, yeah. It's their cold brew. <laughs> oh. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, no, but so we did, uh, we got the car together. We're currently in the process of getting it up and running. And, uh, you know, we'll be serving... Espresso drinks at the walkway over the Hudson for like the whole summer. Hell yeah! Wow. You know, like it's it's gonna be really cool. I mean, honestly, I never thought that it would be running a coffee company, but yeah. like you know, it just worked, and yeah. I love coffee. So you know, kind of put the music and the coffee together. It's really easy. Yeah, because like I can, you know, assuming that I take some solo gigs, I can put that into the back of my car and then drive literally anywhere in the country, pop it out, and serve some coffee mm-hmm. and like that's easy and you, you know? want to be able to do both like you are yeah. like obviously you want to still do your music and like you have like you're gearing up for once people are more people are vaccinated mm-hmm. and coming out of the pandemic and doing live stuff again yeah yeah we're gearing up we're getting ready for it you know it's it's definitely been a wild pandemic you know we're still you know fighting about what's going to be on the album what's not going to be on the album <laughs> et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. Normal band you guys thing. been rehearsing though like when you no. were in no we haven't um, you know it's been uh, it's been wild <laughs> actually our singer uh, decided that she wanted to get pregnant and did. So, like, you know, now we have a pregnant singer that we're trying to help steer through a pandemic with a band. Oh, so it's been wow. it's been a bit of a wild yeah. ride, you know. It's been cool, though, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a wild, wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> what can you tell us about the album that you guys are working on now? Uh, I can't tell you much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that it exists, right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't exist yet. There's still studio time waiting to be booked, and we got a couple other... T's to cross and I's to dot, but you know okay. we're we're figuring things out. Cool, good. What? Yeah. How, how did you gravitate towards drums? What was your like? You're like, yeah, this is uh, it. My dad held drumsticks in my hand when I was two and taught me how to play paradiddles, which are like you know one of the your first. Your dad played drums. Yeah, yeah. My dad was oh. probably one of the best drummers I'd ever heard when I was a kid. He kind of fell off the wagon. Yeah, he can get back on though. But, <laughs> was he in his own band? Uh, he was in a couple of them. Yeah, he was like, you know, touring around doing the thing. But, uh, you know, it's uh, life functioned at a different pace back then. And, you know, his, my mom was like, hey, we got to settle down. And he was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. And then I was here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. You're doing your, that's cool. That's nice. Is your mom musical at all? Or? Uh, she loves to sing. Uh, but she doesn't do it often, only, like, in the car or, like, you know, at weddings and stuff like Have that. Have you and your dad ever played together? I mean, not, like, in a show, but, like, oh. yeah, we definitely played together a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that's so lovely. That's nice. Oh, um, also, uh, before I forget, I wanted to ask, when you were, you mentioned cold brew, what do you get? Are you anxious when you drink coffee? Are you, like, when you drink cold brew, cold brew, excuse me, and then nitro, like, does something happen to your body, like other people like me, or are you immune? So let me explain what's happening. So cold brew is break it down. <clears throat> Cold brew is an interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you take coffee and you use the process of immersion to keep all of the grinds in the coffee forever. Yes. Right? And because it goes so slowly, you get a concentrate out of the coffee. Generally, most coffees, you take the flavors that are capable, like from brewing, 
and you kind of crush them down into one very smooth, very palatable flavor that lacks depth. And what you're getting is a concentrate. So if you drink straight cold brew, you're going to fly through the roof. Like it's, you're going to lose your shit. You hear that, Jordan? Oh, wow. I'm that so much. Oh, dude, that is not good for you. Jordan. That is Oh, my God. He drinks also nitro. He, yeah, I mean, like, you don't Coming from the man drinking it. seaweed coffee to get healthy, I do the cold brew. Is nitro just the worst? Like, what are? It no, like? no. So nitro brew does the same thing. Nitro brew does the same yeah. thing. Oh, sorry, I revealed. Uh, I said it first. Half point. It. No, you <laughs> no, he counts. It counts. It's yours. It's yours. Yeah, because you could have missed it. People have. There have definitely been times where we've like done this and we've out like said a word out loud that is one of the things, but they haven't recognized that. It's like Mary Jane distracted you, so you didn't see the answer given to you. So you found the answer, so you get the full point for that. So cool. anyway, sorry. Yeah, I'm just like there's just so much I'm learning. But yeah, um, so nitro brew, they make it the same way they make Here. Guinness. They uh, so you know how like actually, oh, what Dinga? Oh, don't Dinga. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so nitro brew does the same thing as Guinness. So when you drink carbonated water, it's carbonated. Mm -hmm. You know, when you drink nitro brew, it's nitrogenated. So, you know, basically you're just adding this, like, kind of, you know, huge mouthfeel and, like, frothiness to the coffee. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. I actually love nitro cold brew, but, like, a lot of people don't do it right. I think you should actually just use iced coffee instead of cold brew, mm -hmm. you know? Because iced coffee has all the flavor, and you can kind of bring more to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your daily drink? Like, what do you drink most commonly? So, to get back in the habit of slinging drinks, because it's been a minute, uh, I've been making me and my girlfriend Americanos uh, mm -hmm. in the morning, just to kind of, you know, pull the right shots. Actually, it was really cool. Uh, I got this machine from the 1920s, um, this espresso machine. It's, like, wicked old. It's, like, from Italy, and it's, like, a hand crank machine, like, you know, one of the really oh, classic shit. ones. Oh, my so God. So I got it fixed, and then I was, like, you know, I not got it fixed. I fixed it. But, like, <laughs> you know, I ended up, like, not having a tamper to press down the espresso. So for, like, a year, I was trying to find any stupid circular object in my house <laughs> just to press down the espresso with enough force. I found nothing. So I ended up talking to a metal worker friend, and he made me a custom tamper. Huh. So I oh, finally fired fancy. this thing up, and it exploded outwards. Oh. <laughs> and I fixed oh. it again. And now it works great. Oh. <laughs> you know that was fun. <laughs> I got that. Oh man. Oh man. Damn. You sound like you're like you like, are very like hand like you're very good with your hands. You're very good like fixing things. You're like very technological. Have you always been that way, or did like was the co like coffee like like figuring all like, the mechanisms of that kind of so, that out of you? Honestly, like. I guess it's two things. It's, like, one, like, I, I do like working with my hands. Like, you know, there's so many jobs and, like, hobbies and things you can do in this world that have nothing tangible to them. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you can touch the thing that you made, it feels so cool. Like, my girlfriend's in graphic design, and, like, she designed our cups, mm -hmm. and she designed a sweater for us, of our bags. So she was so amazed at, like, when you finally touch the thing that you made, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I did this. So, yeah, no, I've always worked with my hands, and uh, it's been real cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I... It allows me to do things and find work in a world where working as a musician is incredibly hard. Yeah. I mean, only, like, before the pandemic, right before it hit, did we start making real money, you know? So that was really fun yeah. <laughs> when it hit. But, you know. And what is your style of music for people to dive into? Uh, it's... It's all original. It's all original, yeah. It's, it's, uh... It's Americana meets soul meets, you know, jazz meets, you know, like, really, we have... Play, meets folk meets everything you know I mean, wow, we, it's all acoustic instruments generally you mm -hmm. know which is like the thing you know so we've actually made a career touring on our acoustic instruments me on the cajon which is not a full drum kit 
Um, and, you know, that's, I guess, acoustic soul is how it's been put in the past. We've never been able to find a genre name for it. <laughs> We've tried. That's new, great. They can put you in the box. folk something. Yeah. That's you know. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like Rush. You can't put them in a box. <laughs> they have elements of so many different things. Everyone just says classic rock, but... Lots of things. So yeah, not like Rush because they're acoustic. Oh, yeah, no, we're nothing like not, Rush. No, no, no. <laughs> they're genre, they're the acoustic I Rush. <laughs> I would pay good money. <laughs> <to that. laughs> a lot of good money. Yeah. I would not, I wasn't comparing that, you know, directly, but you know what I meant. Uh, oh, okay, so what were you, not, not speaking of Rush, but maybe Rush, your uh, influences. Uh, your, I mean, also, I mean, what do you? Th- what's hot? No right pressure now? to say rush, but <laughs> also, <laughs> rush? What, also no. what's hot right now? Yeah, that you're into. Oh man, so uh, influences, God, everything. Like, I mean, every genre is something. I mean, even on the way here, I was listening to uh, Dirty Projectors, that classic album Bitte Orca mm-hmm. that came out when we were in high school. Yeah. Um, other influences: Gentle Giant, uh, King Crimson. A bunch of really like weird prog rock bands. Led Zeppelin, one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, John Bottom is just so insanely good. It informed a lot of the way that I play the drums. Mm. Um, nice. And uh, more modern influences. I mean, Volpec, they're like my favorite band. <laughs> they're so good. Um, and then, uh, oh, Mark Revier is hot right now. That dude, like, he <laughs> he's the first looper since, I uh, God, what was his name? Um, he did SNL for, or not SNL, Conan or something. Um, Reggie Watts. Mm. So he's like the oh. first guy to come along since Reggie Watts mm. is like doing the looping thing. Mm. And he just makes like crazy club music. Like it's um, <laughs> it's amazing. Like he's hilarious, good lyrics, good writing. And the coolest thing about him is that he actually records all of his music on his albums are from his live streams. Like, he just found a way to do this. It's really impressive if you watch it, you know? Mm. And he's just so stupidly talented. <laughs> mm. Speaking of writing, how are you as a lyricist? How are you... You know, I uh, I have never written a song for this band. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I've written a lot of songs, and, uh, you know, really, the vibe that I kind of play falls more into the, like, sort of, you know, new soul meets funk meets, like, I don't know, like, just like your classic 90s pop hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... So my songs never really fit the vibe of Upstate, you know? They just kind of never got into the... I mean, we've played them out, but, you know, I listen to it, and I'm like, this doesn't fit. Like, mm-hmm. we, thanks, but, like, we it's your, need to do this. Brand, yeah, yeah, you know, brand, like, it's yeah, not it's on that brand. Either, yeah. You know, I mean, also, that's a band made of female singers. Like, me <laughs> singing my songs is, like, kind of odd. <laughs> not bad, I think, but odd. Guys, you know? sing my words. Yeah. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, our arranging process is, I think, what made us the band that we are. You know, we will take a raw material that one of the songwriters brings in and we'll just, I don't know, like, it's just the way that we can arrange it. It's just we've always kept everything really tight. The harmony's tight. The rhythm's, like, very interlocking. We pick a, pick apart every little note that doesn't mm-hmm. sound, excuse me, just right. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's, it's given us just such a cool sound that I, it's really hard for me to describe. I mean, it's just a lot, 
You, know? you just have to hear it, people. You're yeah. just gonna have to listen. <laughs> they're on, you guys on Spotify? You really oh yeah, yeah, we're on Spotify. You're on. They're on everywhere. People listen to them on Title though, so they can We've got all the ones. What um, artists did you stumble upon that you did not think, or an artist that you knew about that you did not think you were going to like, but surprised you? Uh, I will say it's a split between the Wood Brothers and Lizzo. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <Whoa>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the, definitely the Wood Brothers were one that I just would never have listened to if I hadn't toured in the Americana scene, and they're mm. I, they're just amazing. Their their drummer is one of the nastiest motherfuckers I've ever ever heard play the drums. Mm. He's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he actually um, engineered our last album. Oh, okay. yeah. Well. But like you know, we actually he was like one of our dream producers. We we're like, I wonder if he does this, and like he produced it. And what? you know, I actually got to work with him and uh, Justin Gwip, who was our he was our engineer. Sorry, Jono uh, from the Wood Brothers was our producer. Uh, Justin was our engineer, uh, he, and he toured a lot with like Hot Tuna and like a couple of jam bands. And uh, he was Levon Helm's drummer. I don't know if y'all know Levon Helm. He was the drummer for the band, uh, like oh, uh, yeah, like Bob Dylan's band. Oh yeah. shoot! Oh nice, yeah, yeah. damn. So when you listen to music, do you do you feel yourself listening to the drummer first, or like what, like what's like how you kind of like break down like hearing the different parts when you're listening to a song? It depends, man. I Great mean, question. Yeah, it's. I guess the way that it breaks down is, so you hear like, the parts of the song together, right? Like, I'll hear, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. You know, like, I'll hear the intro, I'll hear the structure, right? But as I'm listening along, let's say it's the first time, I just listen for the thing that sticks out to me. Mm. Like, you know, the thing that kind of, you know, captures a unique sound that I haven't heard before. Mm. You know, and really, in bands, I look for uniqueness. I look for, like, something that I've never heard and I will never hear again, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Which I think makes you great, you know? So, like, find the thing that's weird. Yeah. you know, then you hear the uniqueness, and then you start listening to the parts and how they work. I will say that if a band's got a good drummer, I start listening to the drummer immediately. Mm. And if a band's just got kind of a, you know, Joe Schmo doing his thing, I generally will hear the harmonies and the, you know, vocals a little bit earlier, you know? Mm. It also depends on what kind of music you're listening to, too, you know? Like, let's say you're listening to, like... I don't know, like, just folk music. You know, folk, you're just listening to the lyrics. It's just poetry yes. that needs a little more, you know, oomph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if you're listening to, like, I don't know, like Van Halen, like, yeah. you know, you're not really listening for the words. The words are there, but yeah. what you hear is the thing that makes them unique. Yes, you know? yes. Do you ever get... Uh, ideas or I don't know just different unique sounds that come to you in your dreams ooh fun I'm assuming your dreams are very musical they're not though but granted I have gotten ideas for what to do with the drum but I can't hear it like it, ah. I like don't hear the music, but I'm playing it. Ah, like, oh okay. right, I should like try something new like this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I yeah, because you. I mean, it's fair to say a lot of it is muscle memory. A lot of it is like I. I don't know. Like for for drums, do you feel like because you played them so much, like you already know what certain rhythms or like things are going to sound like just by putting your stick here and the stick here like the yeah, combination so of things like you already know how to 
map it out in your yeah no like so so I don't play the drum set I play a cajon which is a Spanish box oh so you don't you never started with drums no I started with the kit but I haven't played the kit professionally in a long time oh got you okay (laughs) 10 years about yeah I've had a couple of gigs but like you know they were like you know pit gigs and like you know all sorts of different things that I could do you know just to make some cash yes but you know I can do the drum kit thing it's just you know when I finally ditched the sticks and started playing with my hands I finally found what it was that I was looking for in music, you Do you know? feel like that is because it was direct touch? Yeah, was 100%. It was tactile. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'd always loved playing bongos, and I'd always loved playing djembes and doombacks and, like, you know, all those fun little drums. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to play backbeat. You know, I didn't want to play color, you know, because all the percussionists, you know, like, you know, Tito Puente and, like, you know, the, actually, that's probably all anyone really knows of percussionists. <laughs> like, you know, you listen to percussionists, and they play lots of amazing things. They add mm-hmm. so much to the music. Mm-hmm. But... They only add, like, in really specific kinds of music, and also, you know... Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> Talking about tactile. You're in Oh, right. <laughs> no, but, but the... <laughs> 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 this is one of the moments where it's like, we, t- we say, like, okay, anyone ever doubts that we're not really healthy? <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> Questioned. Yeah, people have probably listened enough to know. <laughs> yeah, so that, that when you're directly uh, yeah, so like when you when you play like color instruments, when you play bongos and you play percussion, you never really get to determine the groove. You never really get to understand what that pocket is that normally a drum set fills, mm. and. Being able to do it on the specific drum that I have, which has a snare sound, a hi-hat sound that I've kind of, you know, put to the side, and a kick drum sound, with two limbs, I can do pretty much what any normal drummer is going to do with four. You know, just through, like, positioning your hands and, you know, hitting the right way, you can actually, you know, do everything. Yeah. That's, like, magical. (laughs) It's it's the best thing that I bring to the just It's just because it's, like, it's just simplified. It's just simplicity, but but you feel like you get more out of it. Let me explain something about the drums, though. Everybody stand up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You listeners at home, stand up. At your head. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now Now stand on one leg. That's why I don't do this shit. And kick. Yeah, no. What's it like? Yeah, I can't tell. I don't have room to spin, but... So basically, what that does is it shows you anyone can play the drum kit. It's it's four-limb coordination. If you can pat your head, rub your belly, stand on one foot, kick your foot, and spin at the same time, you can play the drums. Yeah, I can play! (laughs) But the drums are the easiest instrument to pick up and the hardest to master. Because subtlety is the thing that a lot of drummers never get to. It's being subtle. It's knowing the exact right way to touch that thing and to just make it do the thing that you want it to do. Mm. You know? So that's the coolest part about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And Sorry, the instrument again that you say you oh, play? It's called a cajon. C-A-J-O-N. Um, is there another instrument that you're like, ooh, I want to try that one? There's, a, there's like, a couple for sure. Um, I want to try pandero, which is, like, the uh, that tambourine that they use in bossa nova music. 
It's oh. so cool. It, it's the only other instrument I've found that's not a kit that does the backbeat thing. Hmm. You know, that like actually carries pulse and whatnot. So that's really cool to me. Um, and I have a friend in a different band who's a bass player that he's actually incredibly good at it. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I got to see if he could give me some lessons. <laughs> but yeah, like that's the only other one that I really want to play. I mean, like you know, for me, playing a drum kit is kind of like a. It's a non-starter if I'm, like, starting a new thing or if I'm, like, you know, just, I don't know, like, if I have any choice, I'm going to play the cajon. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to choose the kit. If you give me the option, I will always choose that. I can do the drum kit, mm -hmm. you know? But I just love the box so much. It's yeah. just great, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, you were saying earlier that you tore a lot. Or yeah, tore I was going to ask you. Well, a lot, yeah. Yeah. What? What, how, what was the number again, though? Like, uh, at one point, we hit... Uh, it was 250, but we canceled two gigs, and it ended up more like 225, 220. In so, a year, 225 shows? Yeah, yeah, in a year. Wow. Oh, no, so, 225 days. You can't book that many shows. You'll collapse. Oh, I did. So, no, no. What is that's your so what is your long. least favorite part about touring? Does that sound <laughs> yes, incredibly bad? So like, what is the worst part that you're just like? <laughs> I'm so smells. glad that COVID hit. The smells. The smells. Oh my god! I can never. Oh no! I have such a sensitive sense of smell. I would not. I would not fit for this. It's it's definitely a bit of a nightmare when everyone decides that it's tuna time and you can't stand tuna. It is not fun. Jordan, you wouldn't make it. You hate tuna. Uh, and then you have three cans open in a very small van. Who's bringing tuna? You eat roads now. Like yeah. it's cheap food on the Big road. Beans. It's easy to eat. You know, like when you're on the road so hard and you're like you're on true. the road ten hours a day in the yeah. Midwest because the Midwest is far apart. Apparently, yeah. Like why didn't they build the cities closer? Yeah. I don't know, but it's really far apart. Yeah. So when you're on the road, I mean, we actually we used to just eat like crappy food and we felt like shit. So like you know, once we started touring harder, we were like, well, what do we do? Then we just started going to grocery stores. Trader Joe's and um, any Whole Foods with a hot bar was like, at Wegmans, dear God, go to Wegmans. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Near and dear to my stomach. Yes. <laughs> but like, no, that was, uh, that was how we started eating healthier on the road because, mm -hmm. you know, you can't eat McDonald's and then sit in a van for 10 hours and then go eat Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can. It's a good time. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you like 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm the baby of the band. I'm the youngest in there. Oh, um, yeah. I'm, uh, I was 18 when they picked 17. Eight, 17, 18 when they picked me up. Hmm. You know? And that was when we were not professionals. <laughs> we were playing dive bars. It's the only band I've been in thus far where we actually got people dancing on top of the bar. Hmm. Like, wow. It was really cool. Like We packed that place. Ooh. It had like 150 cap and we were at 300. Like, that was our old dive bar at college. We just we cleaned up. It was really fun, man. Yeah. So was, were the smells just one of the major things you discovered about yourself? That you're just like, oh, I got a tolerance or like, no, I mean, like, you learn how to live with people that you should not share a bedroom with. Like, it's mm -hmm. really simple. You know, like, I, you know, me and Harry had to butt our heads about a bunch of stuff, you know, like. I was going to ask, <laughs> were you guys able to keep the peace? Like, what? Oh, I mean, like, look, if you go into a band and you go on tour thinking that everyone's going to get along all the time <laughs> and you're best of friends forever, that is not what happened. <laughs> that is not, don't do music, do art, painting, like, paint, <laughs> be alone. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you find it yourself. Don't go on yeah. tour with a bunch of other painters. Just yeah, oh, don't do that. Never do a painting tour. Ooh. 
Ooh. <laughs> That's a whole lot of that. Uh. Yeah, but uh, no, touring, touring is not for the faint of heart, but it's what turns you into someone as a musician who can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is hard. You face horrible decisions. Every big tour we went on past 21 days, I learned this rule to people in, in of like being lost. Like, you cannot tour for more than 21 days at a time. You do it, you're going to lose a band member. It's nearly certain. Ooh. It just happens every time. Like, like literally lose them or like they like leave the band? They leave the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, like the road is hard. Yeah. It is not easy. Because of fights or because they're like, I'm everything. not cut out for this? Oh, it's everything. Yeah, it's, wow. you know, when I started playing music, I didn't picture being on the road. My bassist did, but he's a special kind of person. Mm-hmm. But like... I never pictured road life. I pictured playing to stadiums. I pictured playing to giant amounts of people. And what you find out is that there's much less of that, and there's way more of looking at corn. Mm. It's a lot of corn. This country is made of so much corn. Not, not that much, man. Not that much. Uh, but what is your favorite part about being on the road? God, I I love meeting. Like people obviously, you wouldn't do it if you didn't like. Dude, like yeah, the people. That's good. Meeting new people is so cool. I have made some amazing friends, some seriously cool folks. I've you know met some horrible people, truly, truly terrible people. But they were also a part of the story too. You know. Um, <clears throat> What's no. one of your wackiest stories? <laughs> what, what can you reveal? Yeah. What can you reveal? Okay, so first tour. Uh, the year that Pokemon Go came out. So, like, let <laughs> me put the happiness okay. perspective in. Like, I remember that. But great time. Yes. Really yes. cool. Like, it was, like, I went on my first national tour. I was on the road for 29 days. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I was on the road for uh, 29 or 30 days. It was a long tour. And, uh... You know, I was terrified and freaked out, and I was such a baby to the world, and I had not done any traveling at all. I come from a very small town, mm-hmm. Brandon's small town, mm-hmm. like which town? Which New York. York. Uh, it's Greenwood Lake, <laughs> New York. The guess is always right. Yes, well, is always right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> I get in the van. I've got a hammock and a sleeping bag and a bunch of hopes and dreams, and then <laughs> I get in the van, and then you know, we're in the van. <laughs> but you know, fast forward like three weeks and we've been on the road hard we've been camping out in a lot of places when we started out we were playing parking lots of festivals and camping in every campground we could you know we were really scrappy back then and uh, it was really cool because you know you learn a lot about people and about the world but sometimes you get people like the man we met in Taos New Mexico now this is, like, the first couch surfing host that, like, we're about to stay with. You know, that I've ever couch surfed ever. Like, I hadn't done couch surfing at all. So, we're driving into the middle of Taos, New Mexico, and my bass player calls up this guy who we're supposed to be staying at his house. And I'm still freaked out because we're in the middle of nowhere. Badlands. Like, or not the Badlands, but, like, nowhere land. Just sand and tum- literal tumbleweeds. <laughs> super wild. But, like, we... You know, call him up, and he's like, oh, hey, man, no problem. Yeah, meet me at the compound. I'll uh, meet you at a mile marker 393 or something like that. And I was like, the compound? What does he mean the compound? Like, and I look oh at my, my baseball, I'm like, Harry, who is this guy? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what, what, what is this place? Who is this person? Like, and he calls back up. He's like, yeah, where are we meeting you? He's like, oh, no, we'll meet you at the mile marker. And, uh, you know, just I'll take you out to the compound. <laughs> and we're like, what? What do you mean, the compound? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really have a house. And I was like, what? 
Like, uh-huh. what do you mean he doesn't have a house? So, like, Harry's like, great, we'll see you there. Uh-huh. Hangs up the phone. We took a band vote. I, I, we had almost passed on this because, well, a lot of us were terrified of being, like, you know, murdered in the middle of the desert with no one to find our trail. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, we stand at the mile marker. We're there for, like, ten minutes. I'm like, Harry, we gotta go. We can't do this. Like, no, no, we can't. We're gonna die. And on the distance, in the dust cloud, you see this tiny little speck. And it just slowly comes further and further and further. And finally, it's like, we realize it's moving really fast. Oh my and, like, I'd say, like, 30 yards away from the van, he, like, comes up fast and breathes to a halt, right? So, you know, dust cloud. Really dramatic. It was super cool. <laughs> and... It's a truck that, like, really does not belong on the road anymore. It must have been from, like, the 1970s. It's old as hell. Mm-hmm. And out walks the biggest man I've ever seen and the biggest dog I've ever seen. It was wild. This dude is, like, I mean, like, Shaquille O'Neal height and just broad. It's a broad man. And his dog, who he calls Bear, is <laughs> as big as him. It's oh really crazy. So he's like, hey, y'all, come on. We're going out to the compound. Bring your man. And I'm like... No, we're not. No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. This is crazy. And, you know, we'd already decided. So we get in the van, which has no real shocks on it. Like, you can't, like, buffer any kind of bumps. Yeah. So we had this insane, like, hanging net thing in the back that we put all of our gear in. Yeah. Totally crashed down the minute we got <laughs> off the road. We off-roaded with a vehicle that's got, like, this level of clearance on oh the road. Oh, my God. So, like, you know, we get out there and we're a mile out. And we see all these beautiful huts and, like, these beautiful, like you know, buildings that were built by artists and, like, it's BLM land, so, like, you know, it's open for people to just squat in, pretty Mm. much. If you stay there seven years, the land is yours, Mm. you know? Hmm. So he went out there and... We're going to have to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. I know nothing about what you just said, but keep going. Sure, yeah, but... uh, (laughs) Right, all right. So, um... Oh, wait. Lost it? Lost it? BLM land. Okay, so we're... We're... (laughs) We're in the van... We're going out to, you know, his compound. So we get there, and it's this really flat, like, hut, clearly made out of, like, you know, the materials that he just kind of found and scraped together mm-hmm. that he says, you're not allowed in there. Don't go in there. And we're like, okay, like, where do we stay? He's mm-hmm. like, here. <laughs> Outdoors. And we're like, all right, cool. So, like, you know, and so let me paint the picture. So look in front of me where the van is. There's his hut. There's a weird-looking, like, tent with, like, two big trees as poles um, and a giant metal bucket underneath. Um, And then there's a big-ass hole in the ground. And then, you know, there's some, like, extra, like, room and a little, you know, kind of a big fire pit. So we get there, and I set my hammock up, you know, because that's what I've been sleeping in all tour. You know, Uh we've just been, you know, camping, and I was like, well, let me sleep in a hammock. It was great. Yeah, I really loved it. Um... So I set my hammock up, and then I go start talking to him, you know? And he's like, oh, I'm real glad you uh, you set up your hammock over my pee bucket. And I was like, ah, that's funny. And he was like, no, really? Like, and it turns oh out that God. he, for a living, he tans hides, he pickles things, and he also sells a bunch of weed that was in that big-ass hole in the ground. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, he starts giving me a tour, and we start hitting it off, actually. Like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking this guy's going to murder me, and I'm like, you know, he's actually kind of sweet. So, you know, I start walking around, and, like, he shows me his pot plates. He's like, don't tell anybody about these. They're, I make the extra bucks. So I'm like, that's cool, man. I'm not here to judge. You know, like, I, too, partake in the green stuff. <laughs> yeah, so that was a thing. But then we're walking back towards the, towards the campsite, 
and I he's like, whoa, stop right there. I'm like, what? Oh God, is it is it happening? And he ends up stopping me, and I look down, and there's a fucking rattlesnake oh. right in front of me, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? He's like, you're gonna back away real slow, like so. I slowly, slowly back away as far as I can. And then I'm like, dude, this is crazy. It really cool, really scary. Love it. So like, you know, I, we're just staring at the snake. We're like, is it gonna move? Like, should we move it and scatter it off so other people don't get, you know, bit or anything like that? And then his cat walks right through and just walks on top of the snake. His cat or dog? Cat. He has a cat too. And a dog, yeah. Big cat, regular cat, but he walks on the snake, and the snake doesn't move. And what? I was like, "Is it?" it he's Is like, it "I, I think it's dead." That's some new leather right there, oh you know. Like, so gosh. he just you know, took the snake and brought it over to his leather tanning oh workshop. Gosh. You know, like yeah, real, real scrappy dude. But like, you know, so we get there, and like, you know, it's been really cool, and. uh you know, it actually turned out it was super less scary than I thought it was going to mm. be. We played our show. He friggin' loved it. And we go back to the campsite, and we're just sitting around this big campfire, and we realized he had never heard uh, as a master pickler, as he referred to himself. He brought out a big-ass bottle of whiskey, and we were like, dude, have you ever heard of pickleback shots? He's like, what is that? Oh, and we were like, well, God. you mix the whiskey. You drink the whiskey, and then you oh. drink the pickle juice. And he was like, oh, that's great. And then we did a ton of pickleback oh. shots. And Aww, we just stared okay. up at the sky, and the oh sky, I've never, ever seen anything like it before. It was just amazing. I just, I'm truly one of the most amazing experiences of my life that gave me a lot of hope in people. Damn, you know? what an adventure. That's like... It's been wild, dude. Like, like It's just look back on all those, yeah, those tour days, and just those, like... Yeah, I mean, it, it, do you, you truly believe, like, the, the positive outweighs the negative? Like, your good times... Definitely, I think reassure when you're just like, because I'm sure you've been in bad times. It shifts. It shifts depending the day, you know. Like honestly, sometimes it's really, really tough to keep going. Mm. You know, like look, like the people that I'm in a band with, like my closest friend in the world is my bass player. But you don't have to be friends to make beautiful music together. You just kind of have to coexist, you know? Like, look, I'm sure we've all made worse, like, better art with worse people, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it's it's just how it goes. It's that, you know, at a certain point, you have to understand that, like, you know, this is your job and these are your coworkers more so than anything else, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you want to continue, because people change and people grow, they grow apart, they grow together, you know, you have to really get it into your head that, like, you know, look, I'm here to make music, and I'm here to do this, yeah. you know, and all the other stuff that could come with it is a blessing, but it's about the pursuit of that art, you know? It's about really pursuing that as hard as you can because you're not going to get anywhere at all if you don't try, you know? You heard it here, people, from Dean. <clears throat> the guy that's not mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not mean, Dean. Do you want to know how many, uh, just just as a marker, how many uh, coffee drinks you got so far? I do. You do? I do, do want, want to know. How many coffee drinks do you I have. have some left in you? I don't know. You <laughs> are going to find right, out. Well, you <laughs> have. Oh, sorry. Oh, what? Oh, no, no, no. You can tell. You have 11. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be tough to beat my last record. <laughs> what was your last record? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how, how much are you into uh, the Mary Jane? 
like, do you get into it? Because like, it's very, like, nuanced in a lot of the smell <laughs> and the terpenes and stuff like that. And it very much, I feel like, parallels coffee. I think it does in the same way that a lot of new things are popping up with, like, kind of sensory experiences that are, like, changing a lot of things. You know, weed's another one of those things that, like, you know, when I was, like, 15 and, like, smoking regs with, like, my best <laughs> friends, like, you know, it's very different than now, which, like, you know, I used to just smoke way too much weed. I think all of freshman year, I was high as balls in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, whole year. I, like, total blur. Didn't remember most of it. It's all good, though. It, it worked out. Yeah, fun. <laughs> you made it but, through. Like, yeah, hey, hey, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like... It's been really cool going to places before it just got legal in New York, but, like, going to places like Colorado, like, you can get what you want. Like, I remember, like, sometimes I'd smoke and I'd be like, oh, God, it's crazy. God, not my thing. And then other times, and then other times I'd be like, this is the best shit ever. Why doesn't everyone do this all the time? Do you like you edibles? Know? I do like you edibles. Edible yeah, I'm an edible guy for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, it definitely is easier on the lungs. Also, I like the way it hits yes. you. Oh, like, man, next time we'll just have to have you back to have one and do this edibles. <laughs> he makes a lot of great shit. Yeah. He makes a I'm lot of great man. shit. Oh, God. He infuses a lot of stuff, and, and it, we are so lucky. <laughs> and we are so grateful. It's That's just good. yummy. It's also, yeah, it's just also a really nice treat. Yeah, and, like, using, I, I love those chefs that are, like, using, like, weed as, like, a seasoning mm-hmm. and not as, like, the main ingredient. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Because if you have, look, the stuff we have now is so highly concentrated related to what we used to smoke when we were kids. Like, you know, it's really cool, but you don't need as much of it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. granted, like, my sleep aid is just, like, some solid, solid indica. Like, <laughs> or, like, a really nice indica edible. Like, but, yeah, I take, yeah. like, the, you know, the gummies right before bed. I'm like, let's yeah. have a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of... drift off into um, the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What else have you... If you are willing to say, like, tapped into, like, I mean, you're touring, you're a music dude, you've been around drugs. Oh, all the time. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually had a rule with myself that I'll never touch pills or powders. I've lost too many friends to the heroin epidemic. Like, that's not, like, not going to fly for me specifically. Also, I love, like, sensory experiences, so I would love cocaine way too much. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to even fuck with it. And uh, actually, this year, uh, I've. I'm really hoping to have my first acid trip because mm-hmm. I read somewhere when I was younger that like, you know, when you're, you know, until you're 26, your brain doesn't stop developing. And I was like, okay, neat. So when my brain stops developing, I should develop it more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's do it some more developing. The other channels, you know? yep. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I yeah. just assumed I guess you, you would have tried acid. No, okay. I'm just weird. oh yeah oh for sure no like i i love all my trippy friends at the festivals it's they're a lot of fun to be around have you had shrooms no oh actually so i have been microdosing on shrooms on and off for about a year it's real good for you like it's really nice no like my roommate bought a ton of shrooms and i was like oh you know like, what are you doing with those? Are we are we going to have a good time right now? And he was like, no, no, I'm microdosing because I read this article. And I was like, that's 
cool. Can I have some? He's like, totally, man. And like the first dose, I was like, I am feeling something. <laughs> things are moving a little bit. It's cool, but like nothing overwhelming, you know. Like I just coasting, yeah. just coasting, man. Mm-hmm. And actually, once it actually kind of adjusts to your system, sure. it's sure. Right. really right. just right. this right. like very open euphoria, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Just like yeah. all right, like we are all here right now yes. doing things. Like yes. it's. It's nice, you know? I'm getting euphoria just thinking about it. You know, strongly recommended. Like, even if, like, you know... No, I got some shrimps in my freezer. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, well, we're going to take them and get a meal. Yeah, no, I have a date. I'm doing a... (laughs) Oh, I thought it was... Dude, no, like, yeah, once a year. And I've kept to it since the first time. The yeah. first time we did it with, with Brendan too. The first time we did shrooms. We've done acid. We've done, Jordan and I've done acid separately, but the first yeah. time he tripped was. It was very nice. It, it's yeah. a cool such time. A great, like, such a great yeah. day. No, and like honestly, like you know, for someone like me who like does struggle with depression, like the microdose thing actually really helped a lot. Like mm. it was really cool. Like noted. Learned a lot. Yeah. Know? Well, you mentioned earlier that you have a twin yeah are you guys complete opposites with that also it's a girl yeah yeah her name's Alyssa no she's uh she's my complete opposite (laughs) she's gonna be a doctor uh, for about a month uh like a few months so like she went that route and I decided to play a box (laughs) (laughs) what a summary (laughs) certain you know it's yeah, I, I'm also like very opposite in my from my twin mm-hmm. in in certain respects. Are you fraternal or identical? I am a fraternal. I'm it's a girl. Like we're both girls, but we're not. Where do we? Everybody. Some people think we, like they confuse us just because our names rhyme. That's why. And it's like <laughs> it's like cute. I get it. You know, I feel like it's it's Rena and Bina. She's <laughs> Bina and Rena. My middle name's Eon. Hers is Dion. So it was. <laughs> you know, our dad always complained he couldn't keep. It's like listen, nobody made it this hard for you. You decided to do this to yourself. He couldn't. He had to call out both every time. He didn't. You know, that's just what happens. But, um, yeah, so I don't don't know. I was was just like, oh, (laughs) I was like, he's twin. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I just got excited. That's just me personally. Brendan told me earlier, and I was like, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she's fantastic. Like, one of the coolest people I know. Do you uh, ever... Is she ever the first one that listens to something you just, like, played or no, made or anything? No, no, not at all. Um, creative? Do you do anything creative together, or you're just... No, like, like, honestly, I know for a fact that if she had decided to go into music, she would have been a better drummer than me. Like, Whoa. when we were really? kids, when we were kids, she was clearly better. I was like... All right, well, I guess I should give up then. And then she, just, <laughs> then she just quit and started doing gymnastics instead and went the kind of, you know, sporty route. Gymnastics. So, like, gymnastics. I kept playing drums, and I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, you know? Wow. So she hasn't picked it up. No, no. She's uh, she's creative, but, like, she hasn't had real time because she's literally been in medical school for, yeah, like, three years. Yeah, she's in that PhD. Oh, yeah. yeah. MD. MD. She gonna be a doctor. Yeah. What kind of doctor is she going to be? Uh, podiatrist. Wants podiatrist. Oh, right. oh, yeah. I cannot <laughs> understand. <laughs> uh, Has she ever explained what the, the process was of, of thinking of going to feet? I just love feet. <laughs> really? Uh, like, no, and actually, like, well, yes, actually that What more do you need? But, like, <laughs> yes, she did exactly say that. And I was like, why am I doing something like, I don't know, cardiology? She's like, I like feet. But, like, really, it's like, you know, look, you, 
also have the opportunity as like a podiatrist and I don't know if she thought this one through or if like we just kind of figured it out together like literally if you're a podiatrist you don't have emergency hours unless you're like a resident you know like if you're a doctor Hmm. and you have a practice or you work at a practice people don't generally have emergency foot problems (laughs) it's true you know unless you're a surgeon which I think she's actually thinking of doing so you know that's probably not happening so Mm. yeah she might have emergency like you know someone ran over my foot at 3am help kind of calls yeah no I'm already thinking about it like somebody like their foot just turns up blue and they need it amputated all of a sudden oh god hey man it's real I guess whatever you want to sign up for I guess the Money fits the crime, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you can handle the feet normal and handle them also, please. I mean, well, so she works in, like, a really tough part of Harlem where there's a lot of, like, you know, homeless folks. So, you know, homeless folks don't have shoes. She gets some of the craziest, like, foot problems I've ever heard of. Actually, a thing that I learned is that they try to put um, medical schools in impoverished areas so people can get, like, you know, cheaper healthcare. Hmm. Granted, they're also using the poorest test subjects, so, like, you know, not totally certain how that plays ethically, but, you know, at least there's access to something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Are there any jobs that you definitively would be like, I can never do this job? It's so far from the things you're interested in. Plumber. Mm-hmm. I So I replaced the toilet in my house uh, recently, you cannot pay me to do that job. <laughs> you can't pay me. Is it the me. metal? Is it the poop? It's it's, the... So, okay, so when you replace a toilet, there's a wax ring, right, that, like, you place the toilet on to keep the seal towards the uh, bottom mm-hmm. of the floor. Mm-hmm. Now, after 15 years, that wax ring starts to go. And what you have is a mash of 15 years of human waste mixed in with this wax that is firmly stuck to the floor. (laughs) So what you have to do is scrape it off. I ruined so many tools because I literally couldn't scrape off all the gunk. So you can't get the wax off of the spackle thing. It's like, it's so sticky after 15 years of processing human waste, which was Horrible! I have a very sensitive sense of smell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can really, yeah. Yeah, dude, never. They don't. They don't. Run doesn't even smell anymore. Yeah, I like, I can't, a, I like can't smell, smell anymore. And like Jordan's not that good. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's to be this was before COVID was even a thing. Brennan lost it years ago. Listen, I got. I was ahead of the curve. I had no sense of smell for probably going back like four or five years. <laughs> You're ahead of the curve. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, the, I think. So, how, how are you just so? You're just. You just. Like, you just accepted that in life. Like, you can't. Yeah, well, cause. Was there that a time would make that you me didn't? so sm- sad. That I, I didn't smell? Or that no, that, that you could smell. That you Do you remember? Smell lots of things. You oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I had like, a regular sense of smell growing up. I, I always was, had, like, stuffy noses. Mm-hmm. I had, like, a lot of allergies as a kid. Like, I, I, I remember there was, like, one point in my life, probably middle school, where I literally had tissue with me every single day, or multiple tissues every day, because I was, like, constantly stuffed up. So, like, I, like, oh. smelled, like, pretty good. And then... All of a sudden, what, I remember, like, in, like, college, I was just like, wait a minute, I don't think I could smell. And then I, and, like, oh, I just wasn't, and, like, I, and, like, I can't smell strong things or if something's, like, right in front of my face. Like, you can smell coffee. Sometimes. Only you should sometimes. be a garbage. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. If and you can't smell garbage. We need a yeah. nose doctor. Somebody, ENT. Hey, pros and cons. Cons, um, if there's a fire, I'm burning to death. I'm going to know. Solid con. Yeah, yeah. Pros. Pros. 
when people fart in a room, you don't. Yeah, pro- I forget I fart sometimes. <laughs> 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 it's not. Ah, to be free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking out. What are <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. You would do fine at tuna time. <laughs> no, I would. I also like tuna though too. So I mean, double we got a tuna time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. I do gotta just loop it back. It, are there any uh, beverages you want to add? Coffee drinks you want to add? Oh God. Um. Because oh, we got, we just. I mean, we can keep pulling stories out of you all day. I mean, oh, whatever God. you want to share. But <laughs> there's more. There's gotta be more. Yeah, I feel bad because I don't want to leave you in that time. You blazed her a bunch. Right? I, know. Yeah, I, I was going did. for speed, not accuracy. <laughs> so I might have gotten a few in there that sounded I don't like know coffee. How drinks. many are on this list? We don't. The whole list. It's, uh, Is it long? Is there a, like, there's probably so many I haven't oh, even. Oh, Aeropress. Aeropress. You just made that up? No, no. <laughs> so I, <laughs> good catch though. Uh, tomahawk beak. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, and AeroPress is a method of uh, preparing coffee that's not like espresso, but it's not like drip coffee either. It's, like, really weird. But, yeah, it's a special... Oh! Uh, Vietnamese iced coffee. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, What's that like? Kyoto Cold Brew. Isn't that just cold in the category of cold brew? No, so it's very different than normal of cold brew. Of course not. Stupid. <laughs> so the Kyoto cold brew is really cool because they have a giant like jug of water and like like two pounds of coffee ground up. And what they do is they open a little valve and just drip, drip, drip on the water for hours. It creates an even more concentrated drink than cold brew. It is so highly caffeinated, it's crazy. It does not taste very good with things not added into it either. So don't go anywhere near Jordan. I used to drink that in New Orleans. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Nice. You lived in New Orleans? Man, I'm thinking about finally taking my, like, pilgrimage to the Holy Land of Music down there. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're going to fit in great. Like, that's (laughs) definitely your vibes. Um, I think it definitely taught me to accept more things and kind of like in the improv ways say yes and like New Orleans definitely has that spirit and like I don't know if growing up in like Warwick slash Greenwood Lake like you're allowed to have that yes and spirit like most of the time it's like what 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 like yeah you're, no, you're it's into super... that kind of thing like what like you're yeah <laughs> remember like I was a musician and actor like that wasn't the easiest high school experience. It wasn't the worst. Like, yeah, but you, but you did go to college for theater, though, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I did. So yeah. what, what was your experience like there? Wait, what it. college? Oh, SUNY New Paltz. Yeah, I loved it. It fit like a glove. I, it was my... Honestly, I went to other schools for auditions, and it was so insane because I went... Did you audition for Purchase? Uh, I think so, yeah. Did they look at you while you auditioned or No. Uh, it was, it was like a, a very long. Room. Yeah, yeah, so really kind of like, long. They, room. They're kind of like looking down their head. Their yeah, they, they didn't look at you, right? Yeah. Like, and then you know, I auditioned there, and like, I immediately knew that I was not going there because also yeah. the the upperclassmen were like really weirdly creepy. And yeah. then I learned later that like the professors sometimes creepy support how? hazing, like they're just oh. not like creepy, like sexually creepy, just like. Creepy. Scary. Like, just like creepy, scary, creepy. Like, <laughs> like, like art student creepy. Like, exactly, like art student creepy. I was like, okay, guys, a little too much Martin McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> we had just watched In Bruges today. Oh, that's so the, the director. What a great, Martin great movie. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, I, I feel like a glove. I loved it. I learned so much. I learned 
you know, a lot about myself, you know, college experience, you know, and I also got really lucky to uh, study sound engineering with a woman who was the assistant sound designer to the Seoul Olympics. Whoa, wow. very cool. Yeah, uh, honestly, it was so crazy talking to her about it. She's like my like first like mentor that I ever had that was like you know not a family member. Mm. Like you know, she just like took me under her wing and was like, "I know you're an actor, yeah. but oh my god, but do it. <laughs> like you know, come and join yes. the sound crew." And it was really cool because like you know, I learned so much about sound, music, the studio. I learned about live shows, which is where I got a lot of my bread and butter. You know, before you know COVID hit. Yeah. Um, you know, being a live sound engineer is a blast. You know. Um, but what ended up happening is, uh, so we're talking about her designing the Seoul Olympics, right? And she's like, you know, I'm like, Sonny, I've never seen you stressed before. Why are you stressed? She's like, look, I am, if I mess this up, Dean, I am going to, you know, dishonor my family, my country, because she's Korean, uh, mm. you know, South Korean. Um, I'm going to dishonor my country, my family, my students, my school, um, the you know the United States as a whole like literally she just listed off the reasons that she had to feel like you know if she messes this up there's so many things that are so wrong with it so no pressure no pressure <laughs> I saw her signal line diagram which is the big diagram that like shows all the different you know equipment it literally took up a wall that's as big as your studio like wow. it's it was insane it was brilliant and it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my entire wow. life I was like how is this in your head she's like it is yeah <laughs> that, but I mean a wonderful for you to surround yourself with brilliant people like that because how else are you gonna like yeah a lot of this shit is through experience or just might be lucky enough to have a mentor like that yeah. to show you like the ways or like to, the, the, also seeing other people's process seeing in a way at least you like she had that board at least like seeing how their mind works it was wild like it was I'm one of the sure craziest things I've ever seen it literally looked you ever see that episode of It's Always Sunny where um where Charlie is like he's trying to say Pennsylvania but uh it's something else and Pepe Pepe Silva Pepe like Silva, yeah. it's just it was like that like she was like him pointing with a cigarette I'm like Magical. Magical. Um, I, I, I can't, um, wait, what time are we at? We're about, we're over an hour. I was, I was going to ask if you wanted to share, uh, your story of your friend. All right. <laughs> Wildest story I have lived in the past two years. So, my best friend from Greenwood Lake, um, who we'll call Sam, uh, <laughs> Wanted to get out of the country and, like, see a bunch of new things. He lived in Greenwood Lake his whole life. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to get out of the country. There's, you know, immigration. There's getting a visa. You know, there's visiting. So what he decided to do was, at age 27, to disown himself, get adopted by a couple with EU citizenship, and change his name to Evo McEwen. And three months after he'd done this and, moved to, and moved to France, he told us all about it. <laughs> after the fact. Not during. Not before. <laughs> after the fact. So that is by far the craziest story that I have. Just to share with all you folks. You guys are lucky. Well, yeah. if he was telling you while it was happening, then it might not have been as sincere. No, I'm just I don't I think he was worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dean, if you were going to change your name to something else, do you have a name in mind that you'd go with? Nah, I like uh, it. You like, you like <laughs> Dean Mahoney? It served me well. You yeah. Know? Dean's a good name. Yeah. Dean's a good name, and he's a great guest. That's right. Yeah, this was a okay. very, very great podcast. This really was. And you got 14. Hey, nice. All right. Nice. Well, yeah, no, that's all I got. <laughs> not, too, not too shabby for a one-hit wonder. Best, <laughs> <laughs> I had three. <laughs> uh, Dean, is there anything that you want to plug? Any handles? Any things you want to promote? Uh, yeah, man. Honestly, the coffee cart needs some attention right now, and you know, you guys are actually the first hearing about it. So cool. I haven't coffee. told this to anybody. Um, <gasps> so okay, so you're gonna be at the walkway over the Hudson, or yep, yeah, yeah, we'll be there all summer. Cool. So you're just gonna be there all the time. Like, uh, can people like so every rent weekend you, for like, sure. hit you up? to come uh, yeah you can just like shoot us an email and like you know check out mercurialcoffeeco.com or no mercurialcoffee.com mercurialcoffeeco is the Instagram uh, and the Facebook and whatnot. and uh yeah, yeah. We'll what's your these, range we'll leave like, these details like hypothetically like uh, if New Jersey Weed Man in Trenton wanted you guys like Ooh. would you guys go that far totally like, yeah so when you cross state lines it gets far. tough yeah. Just it's not even that you know we wouldn't do it. It's like I spent six hours a day in a van for years. Like driving's nothing. But it's like <laughs> no, but it is hard to tow something, right? No, no. So it's oh, not even towable. Oh, wow. like we put it in the back of like oh. my Honda Element and his truck. You know, like we just put it in the back. Those are drunk. Yeah, you know, it's oh shit, it's great. You know, yeah, it's wow. we designed it so that it could be immediately portable and produce cafe quality coffee. Wait, so what is the difficulty crossing uh, state line? Crossing state lines. So like basically, it's like an insurance thing and a health department thing. Mm-hmm. Like the health department is the hardest thing to kind of figure out because there's zero literature out there telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and we, we really want to do all the right things, and we have actually. We finally got in touch and did the whole thing. But it's really funny trying to do anything at all because bureaucracy is crazy. (laughs) It's it's so wild to me. But, yeah, when you cross state lines, you have to get different health permits and you have to do different things. So basically, like, we would do it, but it requires a ton of planning on our part. And we're just about to launch probably next month. So. You know, exciting people. It's gonna be exciting. We're gonna be all vaxxed. We're gonna come up there. Me too, man. It's yeah. all, drinking coffee, coffee. <laughs> get vaxxed, <laughs> people. Get vaxxed. Please get vaccinated. So you can go uh, check cats. out Dean. This has been Sessions with Mary Jane. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, go enjoy your munchies. Cause it's kind of